Welcome back to the Queen's School Chester podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. Now, in this episode, we're talking to Jane from admissions and a parent, Heather. Jane's going to tell us what kind of advice she'd give to prospective parents who are considering schools for their children. But we also get to hear from Heather about what the school application process was like, how much decision making was left up to her children and what some of the obstacles were that they faced. We might even find out what Heather's new job is now that she's back in the UK. So stay tuned for that. That's all coming up in this episode. So come with me now as we talk admissions with Jane and Heather. Jane and Heather, thank you both for being here today. How are you both? Busy, as school always is here. Yeah, all very well. Thank you, Simon. All good here. Excellent. Well, I'm really glad that you're both here. So I'd love to unpack and understand a little bit more about your experiences of the admissions process, especially with you, Heather. But first of all, actually, a quick question for you, Heather. Do you mind sharing with us where you went to school and where you were brought up and whether or not you enjoyed school life yourself when you were a youngster? Yeah, great question, Simon. I am local. I lived on the Wirral and grew up there. And actually, I didn't change education settings all the way through primary school or secondary. I attended the same school. So certainly for my own children who've been to multiple schools because of our international trips abroad and uh, work experience, I certainly had a different experience than my own children. Okay. And did you enjoy it? I mean, was, was it a positive experience? I interesting as, as as you get older and you look back at your time at school I remember thinking I did particularly well at school and I think the school I went to I I did do well but considering what our expectations are of our own children now it's a very different field and de- very different level of the education that I can see my own children getting compared to what I did but yes I mean I did enjoy school and I think I, I did do quite well at school and just tell us a little bit about your own family how many children do you have and what ages are they So I have one daughter uh, who's 12 years old and I have one son who's nine years old. Uh, Very sporty, which was not like my own experience. I was not sporty, (laughs) but I think they can pretty much play every sport going and they do test me at times when they have multiple games at the weekends. But yes, very, very sporty children. Great. Okay, so Heather, we're going to come back to you in a moment because I'm dying to find out more about your experience of going through that admissions process. But Jane, tell us first of all, what advice would you give to a parent who's starting to consider schools for their own child? What should they be thinking about right now? I think it's about looking for the right fit for for their child. I think it's about setting aside any preconceived ideas they might have and just really being open and doing their due diligence in terms of looking at what, you know, what, what personality does their child have? What environment is going to be right for them? Where are they going to thrive? So I think it's, it's setting out, having, I'd always say start wide and then narrow it down and making sure that you really take the time to ask as many questions as you need of a school, to go in and see the school in action. I think that's a critical one for me. You'll speak to people like myself you know, in admissions, but for me, I say the heart of the school are the teachers, the pupils, and the current parents. So I say start wide, don't have any preconceived ideas, think about you know, what, what your personality of your child has, what makes them tick, and where you think they're gonna thrive. And I think, I mean, Heather might talk about this later on, if you've got different children, thinking you know remaining open to the idea of different schools for each of those children not just trying to say well actually this is this is you're going to go to this school because it's close by and and end of so it's remaining i think just open at the start and then doing your due due, due diligence 
and really researching about what's going to be the right fit for, for your, your child. Tell us a bit more about this start wide and then narrow it down. What exactly do you mean by that? I think for me it's, it's a couple of things. I've had experience where I say you've had a parent who's, who's fixated on a particular school and actually, because obviously there's different entry points as well, so it depends on which year you're coming in. But I think it's making sure that you've seen enough to know then what's going to be right. So you've compared curriculum, you've compared environments, you've compared what's on offer, where do the, you know, the, the girls or, or pupils go after. Um, so I think that's what I mean by starting wide. So you know, it might be that you might have to travel a little bit further or it might be actually that you know that you, your child won't, you know, doesn't want to sit on a bus to travel. So for me, it's making sure you, you've, you've experienced enough so you can make decent comparisons so to, to, to work from, if that, if that makes sense. No, that does make perfect sense. And you also mentioned about preconceived ideas. What sort of preconceived ideas do you sometimes see parents coming to school with if they're looking around for a school for their child? It can vary, and I say I actually spent 16 years in Hong Kong, so I've experienced it from you know abroad, working in the school there, and and locally here now. So preconceived ideas could be that academic excellence has to be at the expense of then you know everything else, the the well-being or the or the social side. That if you're a sporty school, then you can't be equally good at the creative side of things, at the arts. Obviously, speaking from a Queen's point of view that as an all-girls school, that it's not the real world. You're, you know, keeping, you know, it's, 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 you're, you're stopping the, the pupils from mixing. Well, we're not because obviously they've got weekends, they've got clubs that they do. So it's, it's, it's a multitude of things. For me, I just think it's about the balance. You know, you can be academic and you can be sporty. You can be sporty and you can be creative. And actually, all-girls could be right for, you know, a particular type or, or, or personality. So mm. I think they're some of the preconceived ideas and also about what, what type of school. And I think even myself, when I, before I worked at Queen's, I'd come from a, a large international co-ed school um, to come then to a very small, family-feeling, single-sex school. That, that was interesting. And I think I had my own ideas about what that might be, you know, a private school, the, the connotations that might surround that. So I think it's just being open to exploring and yeah, being open-minded. My own experience, my daughter also had five years in a very large international setting and I myself decided for Holly what I wanted and I'm sure we'll get into that during today but actually throughout the process of me looking for schools for her we, we shifted from what was right for, for me and what was actually right for Holly. So I, hands, hands up, I had preconceived ideas of what I thought I wanted but in the end actually allowing Holly to make that decision um, it was very far from what I thought she wanted. And how did you feel sort of not quite handing over that, that decision-making process to her but age 12, but how did you feel sort of relinquishing some of the uh, decision-making from yourself to her for that? A very interesting question because actually I, I made a decision for her very shortly after she started her year seven journey. Actually, within two weeks of her new school, I made a decision for her without engaging her and what she wanted. Um, and I hold my hand up and say six months down the line, I could see how unhappy she was and how wrong I, I you know, reacted to, to the move. Um, that was when actually we started from scratch and I said to Holly, OK, 
let's look at everything, let's go wide. And what Jane said, I did. I started to broaden our ideas of where she could attend, how far I could get her. Was boarding an option? Were bus routes were options? And we then looked at many different schools. And it was actually Holly in the end who made the decision. But it was very easy because I, and I say it, I've said it to Jane before, she looked a foot taller the day I picked her up from her taster day. She looked like a different child. And I, I knew that moment then that this was the right school for Holly and I was more than comfortable that she'd made that decision because I could see it on her face it was the right fit for her. That's really good to hear that really is. Heather tell us a little bit more about going through the admissions process because I believe that you were overseas at the time when you started looking for schools tell us what it was like being overseas and and also where you were and, and why you were in a different country in the first place. Yeah, so I was in Bahrain and we've been in Bahrain from 2015. So I think just go back a step there, actually, Simon, because I thought when I was younger, my mum and dad were looking at schools for me. I just went to the local school. Mm. And I think things really have changed. There is more choice now for parents to be more empowered at choosing the local school. But still, even for my children, when they first started their education journey, I chose a good local school. So when we first decided or thought we were going abroad, part of our reconnaissance of being in Bahrain was actually looking at the schools and the amount of choice that we had was actually quite daunting. So it was a, you know, an experience in actually waiting lists and assessments and we didn't really get a feel for the school until they'd started overseas in Bahrain. But then going back to your question, actually trying to then find a school and let's be honest, in the midst of covid <laughs> Um, in 2020 for a year seven starter was actually really challenging so yeah it it was a really tough process but the you know the the websites picking up the phone and speaking to people in the schools be certainly the the starting point what I would recommend for any parent to do is to speak to the school first and certainly if you're told that there is a waiting list don't be put off keep in contact with the school especially if you've made your decision and you know which one it is things do change and you know people are transitional more now than ever so movements do happen you know I mentioned before I didn't get it right the first time but yeah it it was certainly a challenge but we've got it right now. So tell me about some of the obstacles or challenges that you faced when you were looking around this time being out in Bahrain and you know trying to find a school back in the UK how did you find that whole experience? Virtually impossible, to be honest, because a lot of the schools I was speaking to, they were on, you know, they were all remote learning. They didn't have children in sight. There was actually a part last year where I travelled back last minute because the UK rules had changed and I could suddenly get into a school. But looking back, I mean, it was an impossible situation, but I didn't get to experience the school with pupils in the building. And, you know, my one thing, if, if I could turn back the clock or if there's one piece of advice I could give parents is, please go and view your schools when people are in the building, staff and students. It, it says an awful lot when you walk around a school and you can actually see the pupils. Are they happy? Are they smiling? Are they polite? Are they happy to ask questions? You know, viewing a, a class that's actually taking place is very powerful to actually see what it really is like. And I didn't have many tours where pupils were in. I, I can actually only think of two that I did where pupils were in. But it was, it, it definitely helps to formulate your own ideas and thoughts when you can see students in the building. Now, a number of schools, of course, they might have a video on their website that sort of shows what school life is like. Is that a good substitute for, for walking around a school? Or is it, is it helpful to have that? Or is there, is there just nothing else that counts, really, other than being in the school when the children are there? 
Well, Simon, from a parent's point of view, yes, of course, anything like that is helpful. But what I would say is every school promises the same thing. Every website says virtually the same thing. And they're all, you know, very lovely, very glossy, full of information. But nothing beats the feeling that you get from being in a school. And I don't just mean a tour. It was actually the taster day that was the turning point for us, allowing the child to experience a real day, a form registration, taking part in lessons, going to break time being with the other girls that would be in her form and also, you know, experiencing lunchtime, that, that's what really makes a difference. So, yes, the websites are great starting points, but, yeah, nothing quite beats an in-person visit. And if you could go back in time and change the way that you were looking at different schools, is there anything you'd do differently now? One of the main things, and Jane alluded to it to begin with, I decided where I would like my children to be to make my life as easy as possible. And I chose a school that had availability for both of my children, and that's where they went. But actually, I, you know, part of the process I've learned, and I, I guess I already knew this, my children are very, very different children. And actually looking at what individually my ch- children need, and that actually for us meant that that wasn't the same school. So yeah, the one piece of advice that I would tell myself if there was a time machine and I could go back was actually what really do your children want? Listen to what they're telling you. And if, if you can, choose a school based on their needs and not your own. But I appreciate I, it's a very privileged position of mine that I have the ability to, to put them in two different schools. And it's not always possible, but that was definitely the one thing I would do differently. So now, sometimes a parent might feel that if there were two schools where each school is suited in a better way to each of their two children, say in your situation there, maybe one school might have slightly higher fees and then they might feel like they're, they're, that they're not being fair to both of their children. What would you say to parents in that situation? It's an interesting, an interesting question because I actually, that is the situation with my two children. That is very true. And I said to my daughter today, are you, are you really happy? Would you know, if there was another option, would you be willing? And she said, absolutely not, mum. I am so happy now. So for Holly, uh, she, doesn't, she, you know, she doesn't care how much the fees are or where she is. It's all about actually, how does she feel? Is she happy? And she's so happy that it wouldn't make a difference whether she was in a fee-paying school and my son was or vice versa. It, it wouldn't matter to her. It's all about her being happy. And right now she truly is this is really good to hear jane what are your thoughts on what heather's been going through here what what sort of thoughts and feelings do you have inside you when you're hearing her talk about this kind of thing i think a mixture of, of, of empathy in terms of knowing what a big decision it is a responsibility as parents that we have about choosing the right school for our children we have a lot of guilt i think parents have a lot of guilt they have to deal with a lot of things so my heart goes out to heather but it also, I've, if you can see my arms, I've got goosebumps because it gives me a, a sense of, a real sense of joy and a, and a, a real privilege to, to hear Heather speak like that. And I think that's when you know if a child is happy, they will do well. Everything flows from that. Mm-hmm. So I think we all, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Having this knowledge in advance is, is wonderful. We don't have the luxury of that. But, you know, knowing that Heather can... can is it peace? Is that right? You're kind of at peace in terms of knowing where her son's at and where Holly's at and, and, it, and it working, having had a bumpy time. But I think that's where the satisfaction comes from. So for me, you know, as, as much as I can go, oh, God, that, that 
I, I know it was awful, you know, because I was on the phone and, and I remember hearing those conversations and just your heart goes out. It genuinely does because all you want is the best for your children and you know that the parents are trying to do that. So then when you hear, when, it, when, it is, when they get it right, when they've found that, their niche, they've found the right school, that's just, it makes me really happy. I just get a, a real sense of joy. So. Simon, something I'd really like to add to this. My husband wasn't in agreement that we were right to move the children again. He really believed that they would settle and time was the most important factor in the process and leaving them be and leaving them to ride it out. And, and that's really difficult for parents that, who don't initially agree. And I think I have to say I went with my gut on this and, and knowing my children and seeing them and being the person that picks them up in the car from school, being that parent that was comforting them when they were crying because they'd had a particularly bad day. And, and in the end, obviously, he completely agreed that we would do it, but I don't think he believed I'd made the right decision until a few months down the line when he actually saw them and said, wow, they are completely different. And just to, just to be clear, he's actually still in Bahrain, so it's slightly different in that he doesn't see them as much as I do at the moment. But, yeah, when he saw them, he said, we absolutely did make the right decision for our children, and he can see how happy they are now. No, that's really good to hear. I think, uh, not, not saying that the, the women always get the, their way, but it's no. uh, trust your intuition. That's it. I mean, mm. choosing a school, I always say, is like, you know, it's like choosing a house because when you walk in, you get that gut feel. And that's why it is important if you can get in. And I say, you know, we've done videos as well. Like, you know, Heather says, every school has videos. I think maybe for a parent, if you are abroad or you're not able to get in, it can give you that, 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 the initial feel. Um, and then you can always request to, you know, so well, actually it gives you a bit of background. So you say, well, I want to speak to that teacher a little bit more in depth now. Can you arrange that for me? So it can give you a, a little bit of a grounding before you go into a school. Um, so it's useful in that regard. But I think, yeah, when getting in and just seeing, speaking to, to the children. And I think when you're, again, choosing the schools, going back to your, your first question, a school should be open. It should be transparent. You should be able to walk into any room at any time pretty much and say, Okay, I'd like to see more of that. So, you know, we were touring today and we burst into the drama room and they're busy, you know, performing. We're going to the DT lab. But all the, all the, the, the teachers are happy because they're proud of what they're doing. They want to showcase the great work they're doing. They're proud of that. And likewise, the pupils, they're all confident. They're all, you know, okay, you can get to angsty teen years, but they still, you know, they're, they're proud of what they're doing. So that's what you can't beat. And that's what the videos don't bring across. No, lovely. That's great to hear. That really is. Heather, tell us a little bit then about how you're finding life now that you're back in the UK, having spent, uh, what's that, five or six years in Bahrain. I'm, I'm guessing the weather's a little bit different over here. I don't mind the weather. When you live in a desert for five years, you actually <laughs> appreciate seasons. And autumn is my absolute most favourite time of the year. So being able to look out the window now and actually see orange and reds and it's not sand is, <laughs> is truly wonderful. Life is never quite as easy because nothing is as close. Bahrain is a small island. Everything happened at the school. And I'm lucky that most sports do take part in school, but they are very busy children with so much on offer in the UK that they seem to want to do a bit of everything. So I, I, I have many hats, one of them being a taxi driver. So I will be off on my way to Manchester this evening to take part in some more swimming competitions. So yes, the experience abroad is, is brilliant and the, my children had a wonderful five years and I don't think they, they certainly wouldn't be who they are today if they hadn't have experienced that. But yeah, love, I love being back and I love autumn. I might think differently in January, <laughs> but right now it's good. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. That's a good answer. And unless I've got this wrong, a little bird tells me that you picked up some certain new work as well in the UK. Tell us a little bit about that. 
So, well, before I, I left for the UK, I was in banking. And then when I went abroad, I fell into education. And I worked for the International School for five years. So I absolutely loved my experience of working in the school. And I, I, I'm very creative. So any new, any new work that involves working within a school that can get me involved in production clubs and, and other things is, is a good for me. So yes, I am the newly appointed admissions manager at the Queen's School. Thoroughly enjoying it. So I certainly followed my daughter. She went first, tested the water, told me how brilliant it was and thought I'll have a piece of that for myself. Brilliant. Jane, tell me what it's like having Heather on the team like this. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's an absolute joy. Um, and I think for me, what's really nice is, again, we were touring this morning and I come from my, you know, I've got my take on things. But Heather just brings a, a different level because I toured Heather and Holly. We arranged the toast today. So I got some good feedback as well. So that's always useful. <laughs> but I think, yeah, just having her here as a mum, she can speak from the heart she's gone through it you know her daughter's here they're living and breathing it so I think you know that kind of it's it's real life so for me it's it's just Heather's a fantastic addition to the team and I've been really excited so it's uh yeah yeah and I think you know when when I saw the job advertised I, I did think that you you need somebody who can live and breathe and and really believe in the school and Having experienced it from the parents' perspective, I can hand on heart say, you know, what my daughter's experience is like and, and how it really is. And hopefully that will make me a, a good admissions manager. And I hope that, you know, I can answer all of those questions that prospective parents might not feel comfortable asking somebody who maybe doesn't have a, a parent here, a child here, sorry. Well, if that's not good testament to life at Queen's, then I'm not sure what is. Jane, if anyone's heard anything here and they wanted to get in touch, what's the best way for them to connect with the school? I think just send us an email, so it's admissions at thequeenschool.co.uk um, or just give us a phone. Um, we're, we're here, and I always say we're, we're here and happy to help. Um, I say we enjoy what we do. It's a real privilege. You know, if you're going to entrust your most precious things in life, your children to us, it's got to be right. So, yeah, give us a call, send us an email, and then come for a tour. And come for a tour. I love it. That's great. Well, look, Jane, Heather, thank you both very much for being here. Thanks for giving up your time and sharing with us what life is like within Queen's from your point of view. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon. So that was Jane and Heather from the admissions team at the Queen's School. Thank you both for your time. It was great hearing from you. Now, if you're listening and you'd like to get in touch with the school regarding admissions, then be sure to email admissions at thequeensschool.co.uk. So there's two letters in there, thequeensschool.co.uk, and the team will be right there to help you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.